Hello, Screeders. How often do you start new campaigns? When I was younger, it seemed like we were constantly starting new games. And that experience helped push me towards a West Marches or open game, open table style games where it didn't matter if the exact people were there. You could just keep on playing. We were kind of heavy into serial play and every session led to the next session. A lot of times we would role play interaction at uh, in town, you know, with merchants and such, give people opportunities to use their charisma or haggling. And it was just a very different game. And I think a lot more time was spent covering day-to-day things than it needed to. Uh, I can't say that that's all bad. And there's some aspects of that that I like. But there's many I don't, and that led to the open table games. However, I've found open table games don't necessarily encourage character development. And in my face-to-face game, it started yesterday. The Red Road campaign has kicked off. Is it going to be good? I don't know. I do know. Today, January 7th. Monday, 2019, I am Jason Hobbs, and this is Random Screed. Yo, Hobstar, Spike Pit, um, you're going to get some messages coming your way right now. I'm going to break them down, make it simple. <laughs> uh, first of all, I think Discord is awesome for getting some games going. Uh, Talon runs a nice DCC game. I haven't played for a few weeks because I've been playing in some guy's Kalmar, a live business. Don't know what that's all about and been enjoying that. But uh, yeah, I really like the, it's kind of an in- intimacy with the Discord and it focuses you. I like podcasts. I like audio books. So for me, role playing in an audio format is bang on. And because I can't operate the buttons so well on my phone, I end up the GM rolling my dice as well. So there you go. I don't even get to roll. But cool stuff. Episode two. There he is back again. My man, Colin Green from Spike Pit. He's uh, responding to last episode where I talked mostly about uh, the sword and spell discord that I found on Tenkar's discord channel. That's Sword and Spell game. I've kind of been thinking about it and talking about it. I've signed up for another game on Wednesday night. So in two days, I'll have an update about how that went. Um, The guy is using some pretty interesting stuff and super old school. He constantly talks about the ODD 74 boards, and I don't even know what that is. All I know is I'm trying to play the game, and I really enjoy finding new people to play with, especially a corner of the OSR that I have not been involved in. So that is awesome. The weird thing about that game specifically as far as Discord goes is there are no visuals. There's no other contact other than what happens in that Discord channel. There's nothing else. We don't get emails. We don't get anything. Yeah, so part two, not episode two, um, fantasy adventure game and role-playing game. Yeah, not a criticism of Cal Marta and, and the players at all. Um, obviously some people are going to role play heavy, others not so much. But what I've been enjoying about BX is this thing that I haven't really 
seen in my D&D sessions for some time. And it's this kind of, um, this procedure, this, so you kind of, you've got a lead-in for new players, then you've got, you're getting your hirelings, then you're looking at the hex map, planning your route, then you're getting through the hexes, dealing with encounters, making camp, um, getting to the dungeon, then, you know, the whole... Oh, another, another segment to be recorded. So it's part three, and I'm doing a Matt Jackson. Yeah, so you've, you you get to the dungeon, then you come back. You've got to pay your money to the guys on the gate. Is it 10%? Is it 25%? Then you've all got your chance to do your carousing. And um, I think this is awesome. But it, it, is, re- it is really kind of... Um, for me, fantasy adventure, and and that's what I'm in it for. It it really puts the fantasy adventure in a fantasy adventure gaming. And if there's role playing, yeah, bring it on. But I don't think that the role playing is leading leading the game. It's it's not the the focus. You can make it a focus, and I I try and uh, I try and do that in my games, but. I love that adventure, man, and I think that that's to be applauded. More Colin, a threefer, Matt Jackson style. Thanks, man. I appreciate your applause. And I agree with you almost completely. Um, it is totally a fantasy adventure game. It is very strongly procedural. And I really got that from the guy who got me into it, the Hoff, Eric Hoffman. It is the way that you run a game that can make the GM feel completely unbiased. He, all he is, is telling you what's going on and, you know, trying to help play the game with you. And if you want to roleplay your character, you can. But you don't need to think ahead on how you're going to build your character. You don't need to even think ahead of what your character's story is. It's all emergent. Stuff happens, and we all react to it. Uh, There are some proactive uh, things that you can do in the game, like planning your route ahead of time or where you want to go, but you don't always get there because the destination isn't the thing. The journey is the thing when you're doing fantasy adventure gaming. Thanks, Colin. Hobbs, it's Shay Cormack here from uh, New Zealand. Good morning. Thank you so much for continuing and persevering with, uh, with Random Screed and with Hex Talk and with uh, Hobbs and Friends. Um, I love Hex Talk especially. I've listened to every episode at least six times. Uh, I went to Google Plus and, and got your sample file of your random tables for Kalmata, uh, sorry, for Lawn Shores, and uh, read a little bit of BX so I could understand more clearly uh, some of the concepts you guys have been talking about on Hex Talk. And uh, I've used that information uh, to build my own uh, West March's Hex Crawl in 5th edition and I'm really happy with the result and the open table nature has meant that uh, I'm getting lots of players at my table who normally scheduling issues would make it really difficult to get us uh, going so thanks for that, I'll ring you back in a minute with a question Hi Hobbs, it's Shay here again I've got a question, in our game last night uh, the players decided to travel to one of the furthest locales um, on the map and due to rolling quite a few encounters on the way, it took the entire four-hour session just to get to that location. At that time, 
we were forced to roll on the uh, escape from the dungeon slash escape from the wilderness table and return to town and um, it was still a good session but I'm, I'm just wondering how you deal with the fact that sometimes just traveling to a location can use up all the time available to you I've thought about solutions like as they get richer maybe they could make a fort somewhere that they can uh, venture forth from and save some time or maybe I could give them some kind of teleportation two teleportation gems one they could keep at town one they could drop off in the wilderness and then uh, teleport back to that location uh, to conf continue from where they left off things like that what are your ideas thanks mate wow Shay thank you very much for the kind words and listeners, screeders, that was Shay Cormack. It sounds like he is running a 5e hex crawl. And anyone who has the opportunity should get on that. I'm really curious how that would work. I wasn't too excited about the mechan mechanisms and procedures included in Tomb of Annihilation personally. Um, but I know people have played that that way and ex been excited about it. I know there's other people. I think Jim Fitzpatrick is also working on uh, 5e Hexcrawl and maybe Eric Salzweedle and some people who are 5e fans and trying to make that new Hexcrawl. I don't really see it being uh, something that you can't do. It's not something that I've personally done. But if you're going to make the Hexcrawl and you're going to do the procedures and create a fantasy adventure game in 5e, I say go for it. Now, as far as the lengthy travel times, I can't speak for Eric and Jose, but I can speak for me. Uh, in Calmada, there have been some adventures that have been planned to go deeper and deeper into the jungle. And so I have two answers for you, uh, Shay. First one, longer sessions. So one of the sessions we did was the long game, Kalmata for Kids, and the destination was fairly deep into uh, the middle of the island. And we set it up to go seven or eight hours, and it went seven and a half, and they still didn't get to where they were going. They decided to come back instead of continue on. There uh, been a lot of repercussions of that adventure that have occurred and taken place and emergent story play that's gone down. So uh, if you can handle that, that's cool. Or you can do it in two sessions, you know. Uh, I don't know if I really got from you that you're really doing an open-in or open-table game in out you know different players and always finishing at the uh place you can do a hex crawl without that it doesn't have to be an open table game you can do a hex crawl that's serial and you don't always come back but i just tend to do that uh in kalmata well i always do that in kalmata because there's so many players and it's west marches style but if you're not adding the west marches and multiple different groups and a, a large uh, gamut of different players that you always want to start off in the town and end in the town, then you don't necessarily have to be concerned about that. So my other answer is uh, the use of dynamic obstacles and goals. So the obstacle is if you want to get farther into the area or journey farther away from the safe place, you need another safe place. You need a closer safe place that you can stay and end the session and then the next session start up so there's a couple ways of doing that in Kalmata I had the town of Zadabad which was controlled by the Salvin and I had decided up front the first time adventurers went there and hung out there then you could start there if you so desired most of the group that played that and I haven't finished that area that kind of fell away and didn't necessarily work uh, the second option is uh, we already know what the obstacle is 
And so what's the goal is to create another safe place. So if you're not going to do it through creation as the GM and give players another place, you can allow the players to create their own. And uh, we've kind of written that into the house rules of Forlorn Shores, how that would work and how much money it would cost and what you would do to do that. Uh, but you can do that your own way. It's almost like you're getting into the domain game without exactly the domain game. Uh, from, like, say, Adventure Conquer King or Neko Resounding or even the Stronghold rules, you know, from Colville or have been in every single edition since the first in D&D. So that's what I would say. I think you're on the right track, and uh, let me know how it goes. And if you ever want to talk, come to the Audio Dungeon Discord. I'm always there. I'm, and if I'm not there, I will be there soon. So just post up, you know, Tag me, and I'll see what I can do. And also, there's a lot of awesome guys there. Lastly, teleporter gems. This sounds like D&D. Circles, gems, words of recall, all those things are also a possibility that you could do. Um, so maybe instead of having to build a safe place, they can actually, you know take some extra time because for me this seems like a pretty big deal i would probably make it take you know some time for and resources for characters to create this place to come to i would make it easy like stones i would make it like you have to build some kind of obelisk there that maybe they carried you know this stone that then they had to you know dig a hole and put it in or create it to allow random encounters to help you know make the uh make the action or the reward be a reward in itself and difficult enough that, hey, this session, all we're doing is going there and we're going to plant a recall obelisk or a teleporter obelisk where we have to go and get there. That would be a cool adventure. I love the DCC mentality or the Appendix N mentality, really, of questing for things. So they're like, hey, we don't have time to get to that other place. I want to quest for this. Okay, this is what it is. Now this is what you do. You succeed, and now your reward is... you know the play itself that comes from what you accomplished so i really like that idea so thank you so much for calling in shay uh i hope that helps the red road becometh yes we finally started the campaign i've been kind of talking about since thanksgiving maybe before that and it was castles and crusades so i knew that some guys were gonna have to leave in the middle uh it's about a 45 minute drive for me and at least an hour for a few of the other guys that have to travel so we like to try to play from 10 until 5 so that's six or seven hours give or take and uh you know we're gonna lose an hour in there for food and people leaving and all that but when we were at game Con, we decided to go with castles and crusades and we bought five i think players handbooks and there were six nope yeah one of the guys with one wasn't there so we had four players handbooks there and five players and myself and we made characters so to recap the reason that i chose castles and crusades is because the players did not want races class and they wanted to have different options as uh in character creation so we do play 5e but i did not want to run 5e um, I didn't look at much other than the player's handbook. I liked, I have never really played castles. I've never played castles and crusades before. I'd never really looked at much other than the book that my buddy, uh, Lord Burnick gave me, uh, which was the third edition, third printing of castles and crusades that are up to like six now. Uh, the books were cool. They gave us a really good deal. 
Uh, we bought pretty much all the core books that they have, plus like Adventures Backpack, Monsters and Treasure, and the Dungeon Master's Guide. And um, I don't know, as soon as I read Monsters and Treasure, I've been, I've had some trepidation about the game. I didn't like the way the monsters are written up. And like I said, it took four hours for them to create PCs. And almost every single person had a book. So they were reading as they went and going. Uh, I used uh, the modified character generation rules for attribute scores, 4D6, drop the lowest, place anywhere you want, just to give people you know, more longevity or possibility for more longevity of their characters. Attribute scores seem really important in the game uh, for the Siege engine, which is the mechanism that runs pretty much the whole game. It's uh, your attribute plus level or plus attribute bonus. Attribute, yeah, so it's 10 plus attribute bonus plus uh, level, I think, or whatever, and then you have to beat either a 12 base target number with, if, you're, if it's your primary attribute or an 18 if it's your secondary attribute. Uh, so that's a cool idea. Uh, I used it a little bit. We didn't get real far, and I'm going to go into that a little later. Uh, but next I want to talk about the idea of race as not class. So race and class, that's one of the reasons we picked this game. The guy who we did that for was not there yet, so he hasn't made his character. But the other people agreed and thought that would be a cool idea. Guess what? They all made humans. <laughs> to me, that's hilarious. Why weren't we just playing BX then? But... The reason they all made humans is because humans get uh, a bonus primary attribute. And so apparently, guys who all want to be, you know, have game mastery or control over that sort of thing decided that that was a big enough thing that, hey, I'll just be human. There's no sense. That totally uh, trumps all the things that other demi-humans get. I just find it fascinating that that's what went down. But So kudos to the designers that decided that, that made humans just as powerful. They don't have to worry about role-playing differently or anything like that, so that was cool. I wanted to say that uh, the game starts in uh, Agata, a city in Kalgarda, which I'm kind of basing off of uh, a mix between the Russian and Ottoman empires back in the day. You're talking the Kassak Age and, uh, is that Prussians maybe? Anyway, I kind of have that feel to the town of Agata. Uh, I also took uh, some inspiration or theft of uh, Dragon Age and I was introducing half-elves, which the people of this area call demon blood or knife ears and they have an alienage alienage outside the city where most of them are sent or put and uh, they're not you know looked upon all that kindly because I like to create conflict I've also added an Acropolis that is ancient and no one really knows why it's there as well as halflings which uh, are kind of this nomadic people who live out in the gray wastes and uh, ride around on something. We haven't decided what. Uh, desert ponies was my first idea. But we may make it like some large ostrich-type creature or something. But I don't know. That's getting kind of gonzo for me. So I'm not sure if I'm going to do that or not. Uh, I also took a heavy inspiration from the GURPS adventure Caravan to Ein Eris as the premise for the Red Road, which is a great caravan that's headed to the far distant lands of Itchani. And uh, I wanted it to be able to drop characters in and out easier. It's not really a drop-in, drop-out game, but uh, it's nice to be able to... 
have a good reason to drop characters in and out in a massive caravan that's a town in itself that only travels six miles a day and has frequent stops for supplies, uh, fords over rivers, you know, portaging, um, uh, crossing other caravans. All these things create long periods of time that the players would have the opportunity to go adventure into dungeons or involve themselves in different things. Or Anyway, that was the plan, and uh, Caravan to Ineris is a good... Um, you know, kind of a, a idea or has a good outline if you follow it. So if you've never read that, check it out. It's a pretty good adventure. Uh, like I say, it's written for GURPS, uh, so there's going to be some conversions going on, but almost everything in there I could easily just use the monster and treasure and switch over. I'm going to try... We're trying to stay almost as completely raw as possible because I want to play Castles and Crusades and then we'll make effects later. We're sticking with it because we spent 150 bu- bucks on books, so... You know we're going to keep with it. Um, I had fun. Uh, The beginning is they kind of are... uh, I guess it's twofold. This introductory adventure that we did was them getting to town, why they're there, you know, making characters, uh, meeting each other, uh, attempting to pass the tests for the recruitment to get into the caravan of Selebnikov and joining that and uh, allowed me to play with the skill roles and such in uh, Castles and Crusades. Some they seemed to enjoy it. It was fairly quick and there's still going to be some time before it leaves so they can explore the Necropolis. And I'm kind of using uh, one of their introductory adventures, uh, the Hallowed Ring, I think it's called, or Hallowed Ring maybe, and introducing them to that adventure. I'm obviously tweaking it a ton um, to fit into what I want it to work as, but that part of it was cool. That was fun. I didn't. I don't have to get into too many mechanics and talking with Bird after the game. He he liked it. He thought it went fairly quickly and fairly easy. People really the tests were only to to figure out what the characters' wages would be for the caravan. Now they each have a positions in the caravan, and so we can play with that and use that to our advantage. But I'm pretty excited. I think it'll be cool. We're scheduled to play in a couple couple weeks, and so hopefully I'll let you all know how it went down. As always, thanks for listening. Call in, subscribe, do a review, rate, tell all your friends about this, Hex Talk, and Hobbs and Friends, if you would. I'd appreciate it. We're trying to build up a listenership again, and uh, it's better to burn out than to fade away.